Hey everyone, Osman here. It's just me today, and we're going to do things a little bit differently. Instead of looking exclusively at the casual forum today, I want to talk to you about the front page of tpww.net. A lot of casual forum posters are invested in the comments section on the news articles from the tpww main page, which is probably more active than the actual forums, and these comment sections are dominated by this guy called Creature of the Night, who makes these really antagonizing posts about the WWE, and he goes after the other commenters who disagree with him on the articles, which is pretty much everyone. He's on literally every article, usually posting multiple comments. I mean, here's an article from today, I'm writing this on June 22nd, and this article is last night's WWE Monday Night Raw results. Creature of the Night says, I see WWE is pushing homosexuality and liberalism on people with those ads, so not surprised. PC run amok. No whites even have championships anymore. LOL. WWE lost the good old boy demo, who don't watch their soft product, so they are going after gays, minorities, and liberals. Sad. The radical government is turning things upside down, and now WWE is following suit. White males are the devil now, and the minority, the radicals want to make the white male pay for slavery 200 plus years ago. You can not like what I say, but it's the truth. Then some guy responds and tells him to stop watching if he's being offended by a TV PG show. Creature of the Night responds by accusing him of posting on multiple accounts, and then says, Problem is, I don't watch. I fast forward. I fast forwarded yesterday's show quickly. Gives me a place to criticize something I hate, and do my job as a critic. And I don't have to sit for three hours, quote, watching it. Booyah! And this has been going on for years, like literally every single article has these two guys going back and forth insulting each other. It just feels really insane to me. Uh, but as much as I would love to get into what's going on with these guys, I can't really find any information on them. However, the guy I do want to focus on is someone who started commenting on TPWW news articles in 2017, whose name is Senator JPO. He actually does have an account on the forum, and he made like 40 posts between 2017 and 2020. AAA first alerted me of this guy around the time he signed up when people were posting screenshots of his comments onto the forum. And I want to read through some of the comments he's made because they're completely inane, but also really funny. And I want to know more about what's going on with someone who's putting in so much effort and production value into a post that's going to get, like, uh, 20 viewers, maybe. Uh, <coughs> not like I know anything about that. So this episode of Go Advanced is going to be the first in a reading series of sorts, where I'll take a look at some posts and whatnot that are worth examining. So without further ado, here's an article titled, Titus O'Neil Being Sued for Allegedly Kicking a Cameraman on Swerved. Senator JPO has got about 10 comments in a row on this post. Here are some of them. This reminds me of when I studied at Palooka University, UW-Milwaukee. And this one woman, Brittany B, wanted me to complete a soda pop preference survey for her class. After some discussion, we had a disagreement in which she became verbally abusive, so I ripped the survey out of her hand and walked away. I literally, quote, took her survey or at least a few shreds of it, without contributing any information. Then she complained to the cops that I had, quote, sprained her wrist. 
Any sensible officer would have said, have the doctor examine it and come back when you've a physician's note verifying your sprain. But this was campus police, so the officer booked me on robbery, over a piece of paper having zero monetary value. It was a printout of a soda survey. What a cliffhanger, I hear some say. To be continued. Next comment. To this day, some campus police, out of boredom and frustrated professional aspirations, wishfully believe the wildest claims, make mountains out of molehills, and presume clogging up the court docket with frivolous cases amounts to, quote, best practice. One cop even bragged, I get paid overtime for going to court, so I'll testify you robbed that girl of her survey. Never mind he wasn't an eyewitness, meaning his testimony would be hearsay, and therefore not allowable under state law. Thankfully, the district attorney saw immediately the case against me was without merit. He recommended the judge dismiss the charges without prejudice, which he did. And the cop didn't get his golden ticket to overtime. That was a most glorious denouement. Oh, but what about the aftermath? Coming up next. Next comment. I fared quite well afterwards, graduated with honors, settled into a Pizza Hut job, and worked my way up the supply chain. As for Brittany, the bipolar survey monger, last I heard, she was deemed clinically unemployable and freeloafing off disability payments, SSI, not SSDI, because she never had worked anywhere long enough to earn work-related disability benefits, just the basic social security income every poor person is entitled to. That histrionic cannot even serve fries at McDonald's because she's too professionally deal with people. Whether having bipolar disorder or not, Brittany's demeanor is why she has been unable to utilize her bachelor's degree in psychology. Next comment. The cameraman suing Titus sounds like the same type of sad sack, i.e. one always looking to bring down those more successful than him, similar to how Brittany always frowned and had a perpetual chip on her shoulder, both of which dramatically reduced her lifetime earnings. Although my stories from UWM sound interesting, you're a fool if you go there after hearing me badmouth it as much as I do. Graduate underemployment will be in your future if you choose Palooka UWM. Next comment. Okay, so why did I share that wacky anecdote from my college days? Because similarly, Titus O'Neill cannot be convicted in criminal court for his alleged flare-up that connected with the camera operator. But because the threshold of liability is lower in a civil court, poor Titus might be, quote, held over the barrel for an innocent mistake. He might even believe it to be cheaper to settle than to contest it in a jury trial. The difference between his run-in with the cameraman and my interaction with the survey woman is that in my situation, the disgruntled survey promoter decided that because she already lost in criminal court and did not get a doctor's note, she would not bother with a civil suit, lest she be embarrassed again over her malingering. Next comment. On a more light-hearted note, why not have Titus O'Neil wrestle Paige in a subsequent episode of Swerved? The Titus promo alone would be gold. And then he goes on complaining about how he hates PC culture and some other stupid shit, like how Creature of the Night does. I just wonder what the disagreement he had with Brittany the survey girl was that he couldn't take her lousy soda pop survey for her class. Like, what the hell is wrong with you if someone asking you to take a survey for what your favorite soda is escalates all the way to a district attorney nearly indicting you on robbery charges. So what is this guy's deal, you might be wondering? And I've put together a little bio about him. His name is Joseph Older Jr. 
and I'm not doxing him, his public profile is all over the internet. This guy's online presence is truly amazing. Uh, he has a blog that really puts Owen Browns to shame, where he calls himself a, quote, higher education critic and language artist. He's hellbent on what he calls reforming higher education because he got a master's degree from some university in Wisconsin, yet has not been able to use the degree to get a job. Instead, he's had to work as a cheese packing grunt in a dairy processing plant uh, at a pizza hut, like he mentioned in the survey story. And currently, he works uh, mopping the bathrooms at a state park in Wisconsin. He's been on this higher education crusade for over 10 years and doesn't seem to understand that his inability to obtain meaningful employment is more a reflection on him being an obsessive psychopath than it is about the actual usefulness of his degree. I think he was traumatized in some way and he's trying to like process the trauma by taking on this myopic focus of the issue, uh, which actually crept into a lot of his posts on the wrestling forum too. His custom title is Cheese Packer with MPA Degree, and here's one of his posts from a forum questions and suggestions thread by Slicky Tricky Damon, who's requesting that backyard wrestling posters be banned from the wrestling forum. Senator JPO says, Hey now, the hashtag backyard wrestling community adds a level of hashtag neurodiversity that would otherwise be absent from hashtag TPWW. And hashtag diversity equals hashtag good, or so my hashtag alma mater told me. Or did my hashtag well-meaning professors feed me a bunch of hashtag university lies? Just as they did about the marketability of my college degree. Hashtag just another hashtag college hoax. Uh, he's also got a YouTube channel where he's posted a video telling kids that Santa doesn't exist. He has a video where he stages a coffee cup moving by itself. And he claims that a poltergeist was responsible for it. He has a song called Hillary is Obsolete Troll Mantra Remix. Uh, there's a video of a tree falling on his neighbor's fence, which he calls a funny fail. And he has his own country rendition of the Star Spangled Banner. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hail at the twilight's last gleaming whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight over ramparts we watch we're so gallantly streaming and the rocket's red glare the bombs bursting in air gave proof through the night. My favorite JPO website might be his Zazzle page where he sells t-shirts. Uh, he's got t-shirt designs that look like they were made in Microsoft Paint. Um, there's an amazing shirt that just has a picture of him with an awful text overlay on it that says, I'm slightly dot 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 concerned it's some real like uh graphic design is my passion level stuff um there are certs that say property of palooka university united council of uw students club mediocre half assing it since 1984 and my favorite buymystats.com all of these designs available on t-shirts for $26, of course. 
What's funny is I don't think he's even wrong about higher education and education in general. I mean, it basically is designed to get you to fall in line so that you'll be a productive member of the workforce and it'll weed out the bad candidates who won't properly serve their neoliberal masters. But he addresses the completely unimportant aspects of higher education, like why a student asking him what his favorite soda pop is, is like a violation of his rights. Uh, Senator JPO also ran for office in his county in 2018, running for the district supervisor. And he alleged that his opponent was a practicing witch who was financed by George Soros. Uh, JPO had to run as a write-in candidate and I'm looking here at the spring 2018 election results for Sauk County, Wisconsin, and it doesn't say exactly how many votes he got specifically, but from a total of 392 total votes, uh, write-in candidates received a total of nine. Uh, but to illustrate what I mean by obsessive psychopath, he has another blog called Absurd Job Vacancies, where he has a post in which he gets mad at someone who posted an ad for a dog walking job on Craigslist. And then he fantasizes in detail about killing the dog, saying things like, I relished the Conan the Barbarian fantasy wherein I would slice the condemned canine's cranium clean off and dye the lawn crimson with its effluent fluid, lest the blood seal in the stench from its prior messes. Peace at last. So I mean, this guy would be better off running on a platform of those dog-free Reddit people who like just hate dogs uh, instead of his thing about higher education. He also follows local politics really closely, uh, especially his local library seems to be kind of his main focus. And he's got a post here on his blog that is so fucking funny where he tries and fails to enter a Halloween photo contest that they were hosting. The post is called Laval Library Botches Photo Contest When Staff Mishandle Entry from this past November. He starts by saying, Although the important elections might be over, the trivial ones are in full swing. As recently discussed, I entered the Halloween photo contest put on by the Laval Public Library. An unexpected development is that, despite staff emailing a confirmation of having received my 2.8 megabyte photo, their quote live page misrepresents my entry as an 8 kilobyte thumbnail. Scroll to the end of this post to compare images. How did this happen? I know it wasn't my fault. Not only did I attach a solitary, high resolution image to my contest submission email, but also the library emailed a reply with that very same image attached of identical file size, 2.8 megabytes, to confirm staff had recorded that image as my contest entry, not the horribly deteriorated thumbnail they uploaded. He goes on to explain in painstaking detail how the local library conspired against him to sabotage his entry into their Halloween Facebook photo contest, and he thinks that garbling his picture into something unrecognizable and then denying any wrongdoing is their way of getting back at him for criticizing them on his blog after not hiring him. As if these people care at all. Uh, at the end of the post, he shows the picture he uploaded, and this picture is really incredible. I'll probably put it as the thumbnail for this episode, because describing it does not do it justice. It's 
this scrawny white guy with must hair holding a pumpkin in front of a drawing of some skeletons, forcing a smile with horribly misaligned teeth. And then he has a screenshot of the Facebook page where they posted the picture, and it's like two inches tall. It's like a tenth of the size of the actual image. I I mean, I'm sorry. I, I have to give props to the Laval Public Library because what a completely hilarious way to absolutely own somebody who's been giving you shit about the most trivial aspects of your library. Like, I can't imagine having to deal with this guy day in and day out. I doubt it's even intentional on their part, but it's hilarious either way. Um, I'd also be remiss if I didn't mention that this guy's writing style is, like, completely bizarre. Uh, he uses a lot of bold and italics and line breaks for emphasis, and you can't find a sentence that has fewer than three hyphenated phrases within it. Like, he takes strings of words that do not need to be hyphenated and hyphenates them. Like, here's an example from the first paragraph of his most recent blog post. Um, he says, I've never held any public office, at least hyphenated, not beyond hyphenated, serving on hyphenated, my university student hyphenated government, way back hyphenated in college. Therefore, don't assume that I speak for anyone hyphenated other than hyphenated my own opinion. It's just really bizarre and it gets in the way whenever you're trying to read any of his posts. Um, I was unsure if this guy was real because he seems too absurd to be a real person. That's a similar phenomenon to what happened with Seth82 and in similar fashion, a little internet searching cleared up a lot of the questions surrounding him. I came upon an article from the Baraboo News Republic that quells any doubts I had about Senator JPO being real. The article is from March 17th, 2021, and it's called Town of Laval Man Accused of Forging Nomination Papers to Run for Seat on Town Board. It says here, a town of Laval man faces more than four years in prison for allegedly forging signatures on nomination papers while seeking office in the upcoming April election. Joseph Peter Oler Jr., 36, was recently charged with election fraud and misdemeanor bail jumping. He has pending charges of battery and disorderly conduct related to domestic abuse in a case filed November 3rd. He was released on a signature bond in that case with the condition that he not commit any crimes. According to the criminal complaint, Sauk County Sheriff's Deputy Alex Brunig spoke to town clerk Gene Judd in January about Oler. Judd told the deputy that the nomination papers Oler submitted to run for a seat on the town board had similar handwriting throughout four pages and that a number of the names on the papers belonged to people who owned property in the area but were not qualified to vote in the town. Of 31 names, 22 were not town residents. Uh, the police also interviewed his father, Joe Oler Sr., who says that JPO, quote, doesn't follow directions and doesn't listen. This article also contains a mugshot of Senator JPO, and I would describe this image as terrifying. He is staring directly into the camera with a creepy grin, his hair's ruffled, his orange jumpsuit is sliding down his shoulders, and it looks like he only shaved the right side of his goatee. Like, looking into this guy's eyes, this it's just sad. Like, they just look so dead. He looks soulless. 
Like I said, this happened in March, and there hasn't been a post from JPO about it yet, though he has been active since the arrest, with posts such as, You might be surprised at who I endorsed for the library board, where he sarcastically endorses his opponent in the 2018 district supervisor election, Pat Rigo, whom he earlier had called a pagan witch. Uh, he's got, like, David Foster Wallace levels of footnotes in this post also. He writes here, It's true that Pat Rigo never attended a library board meeting. It's also true that Pat Rigo never cared about filling library board vacancies. And he's got a footnote right there that says, Footnote number nine. When I tried saving those two library board seats before they were liquidated last June, I happened to see Pat Rigo in the parking lot of my then-employer Menards. I asked Pat Rigo for help in preserving those seats. Pat Rigo told me good luck and said she wouldn't care either way. By her inaction, Pat personally preferred destruction of those seats. Instead of filling them herself or with other patrons, this demonstrates her indifference to making a difference, an attitude which would fit in nicely with our fossilized library board. So I hardly know what that means, but what I glean from it is, in addition to being a domestic abuser, Senator JPO is most likely a stalker as well. Uh, he also complains that there's an ironic lack of diversity on the library board, since it's only made up of older white women, as if of the like 600 adults in this random Wisconsin town, anybody but older white women are willing to serve on the board of the local library. He's losing at his own game here, because he hates how liberals always try to shoehorn diversity into everything, and now he complains that he should have been given the library board seat simply because of those identity politics, and him representing diversity via being from a different demographic than the older white women who hold positions on the library board that he seeks a position on. The bottom line here is it's just really funny to me that this guy is being continuously defeated by various innocuous older women to the point that he got himself thrown in jail over it. It's hard to believe that this is a real person and not a spin-off of that TV show, The Increasingly Poor Decisions of Todd Margaret, about a guy who is just like trying to sell energy drinks, but through a series of lies and bad decisions, he ended up like imprisoned in North Korea and launching a nuke that destroyed the world or something. Because that's basically what Senator JPO is, I think. I, like, I think you could write a movie about this guy's hilarious attempt to go to college and get a job but he just completely sabotages himself at every turn by being a poorly adjusted sociopath who can't help but disparage people, so nobody hires him, and he blames PC culture and then takes out his aggression on it with blog posts aimed at the local library whose employees think he's a weirdo and deny him a position on the board and bungle his Halloween photo contest entry, which leads him to run for local office to thwart these people, but nobody cares about him again because he's a psycho. So he forges documents to cheat in the race and then goes to jail for election fraud, which compounded with his domestic abuse charge nets him over four years in the pen. But he skips bail and ends up, like, defecting to Canada and living in some town in Ontario for a few months before inevitably getting caught up in their local politics and protesting their Democratic mayor or something, which draws attention to himself and gets him deported back to the U.S. and locked in an ICE detention facility where he complains about how the Mexicans aren't being deported fast enough, and he just lives out the rest of his life in that facility, drawing t-shirt designs blaming American higher education system 
for all of these problems. But I would love for this guy to come back to TPWW and post more. So, Senator JPO, if you're listening, let's chop it up about what we can do to fix higher education in America. Politically, you and I are pretty different, but I'm sure we dislike some of the same things in politics. Um, Unfortunately, I don't know if this is possible because I don't know if he is even a free citizen at the moment. But hey, when the TPWW meetup rolls around, I know I'll be wearing my Senator JPO I'm Slightly Concerned t-shirt. Yeah.